happy Friday. If there's ever been a need for a cocktail on a Friday, this is one of those Fridays, Nat. That's right. So welcome. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Welcome, you guys, are all for being here. Uh, special, special, special alpha type guest. An alpha man, Alpha M, is going to be joining us on the show today. The infamous Aaron Marino. Uh, welcome to the Sauzcast. This is where finance meets romance. I tend to say this is the sexiest financial podcast in the world, and we only have one sexy person, sexy girl here today. Yesterday we had a bunch. Miss USA, yes, influencer, gosh. model. Today we only have one sexy man with us today, and we're going to introduce him in a second. That's Aaron Marino, a.k.a. Alpha M. And you, and you. Oh, I'm a sexy man, yeah, too. You, oh, you, I'll you take pass, it. You pass. Fuck, yeah, all right. <laughs> Using that leverage. Uh, uh, welcome, you guys, to Valuetainment Money, the Sazcast. Um, this is where we help men get paid, laid, and, and do, do it your way. way. And uh, I think we have a guest today that is going to help you t- accomplish all those things. This guy is a total G. If you have not subscribed to the Alpha M channel, then you are missing the boat because this guy's got over 6 million subscribers. I've been watching this guy. I know a lot of dudes have been watching this guy. One person said in the chat today, it's like, what? It's like waiting for Jesus. It's like waiting for Jesus. Okay. And I'm Jewish and I'm like, you know what? I kind of feel you on that one right there. But uh, I'm excited to, to learn uh, more from our guest today and about our guest today. And the, the entire premise of the show is to help you guys achieve status in your life, whether it's financial status, dating status, relationship status, business status, increasing your status. So, uh, and I know Alpha is going to have a lot of, Aaron's going to have a lot of insight on that. So stay tuned for that. Quick shout out. Um, speaking of financial status, you know, I'm all about saving that money, baby, and being smart with your money. Here's one thing you should consider, and I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Gold Co. I just did a, a podcast 15 minutes ago mm-hmm. with PBD, our CEO. He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, total G. And we actually spoke about like what type of sponsors we want to advocate of. And we get a lot of financial sponsors, a lot of people pitching us, and even uh, gold companies. We, we like kind of went through the gamut of what type of gold companies are out there. And we actually vetted this company called Gold Co. because they are actually a reputable, legitimate financial strategy for you to consider. So uh, with everything that's going on in the world these days, money printing, inflation, CPI index, all the costs of everything, the cost of goods going out there, uh, protecting your money in terms of inflation, a lot of people are turning into gold and silver to protect their savings and their retirements and their investments. And the key element of that is diversification. So what I would recommend, if I was that guy that was like, switch over 100% of your money to gold, like feel free to be like, Adam, what the hell are you talking about? A very small percentage of your wealth strategy, diversification, you should consider looking into commodities like gold and silver. And that's exactly what gold coal does. So moving some, not all, of your money, you can shield yourself from the economic chaos that we're seeing in today. So with that being said, we partnered with gold coal. They're the best at what they do. We vetted them. We just discussed this with PBD. If you call them now, you can get up to $10,000 in free silver. $10,000 in free silver. Here is their number, 855 966 0109. That's Gold Co. 855-966-0109. Uh, if this is something you've been thinking about or considering, just pick up the phone. It's kind of like that girl. I don't know. Should I call her? Should I not call her? 
Just pick up the phone and call the girl. Send the text, right, Nat? Yes. Yeah, Make it. the call. So anyway, thank you, Gold Call, for sponsoring today. We appreciate it. Now, with that being said, I'm looking forward to the next hour and change that we have with Aaron Marino, a.k.a. Alpha M. Let's see if we can get him up and, and running. Aaron, you with us right now? I'm with us. What's happening? Okay, guys? let's let's pump that volume up a little bit if we can, Jorge. Right. That was that that was to to our team here. Aaron, how's that? Better? Yeah, I'm good. All right, I'm now good. he How sounds amazing. Yeah. He looks amazing. He sounds amazing. Aaron, happy Friday. <laughs> Thank you for being with us today, brother. Happy Friday. I'm so excited to be here, guys. I, I am a huge fan of uh, what you guys are doing and and you know the the mission of of Saucecast is is pretty incredible and definitely aligns with uh, you know why I started Alpha M. Yeah, and you started Alpha M, I want to say, early, mid-2000s. When did you get started in this YouTube yeah. game? Because you're, let, let me just make sure, you're a massive YouTuber. You started off, as I believe, as image consultant. I've seen your yep. videos. I've seen your videos in the shower. I've seen you working out. I've seen you grooming. I've seen maybe more than you should see of another man as a straight man. But uh, yep. you, you're, you're an uplifting voice, as you say, in a sea of negativity. So how did yeah. you get started in being, becoming the man that you are today? Uh, <laughs> where, where do we begin? Where do we begin? Uh, I grew up a, a, a poor kid that was super insecure in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I, I think that's really where, where, you know, came from. You know, I, uh, I moved around in terms of schools. My mom was married and divorced a few times. And so one of the things that was, you know, kind of apparent to me is you've got to really take care of yourself in terms of your, your presentation, your social skills. And, and um, you know, this is, that's kind of where it started. It was me trying to just kind of navigate um, you know, just being insecure and poor. And so started, you know, learning how to dress when going to thrift stores, I started cutting my hair when I was eight years old, cause I got a bad haircut. And so it's always been just something that I'm interested in. And, um, and so, you know, going through college, I was cutting people's hair just to pay, pay bills and to get some beer money. And so it was just a natural progression. I've always really been into fitness and, um, and so my wife gave me a video camera back in 2007, and uh, I thought it was because she wanted to film ourselves getting fr- freaky, but it was apparently not. And so <laughs> what do you do with a video camera? You, you basically you know, put it away, and then, then I started an image consulting business after my health club uh, failed and I had to file bankruptcy. It was, what can I do that doesn't require much startup cash? And, um, and so I started posting videos on YouTube just trying to help other guys um, with questions that I had. It's like, okay, well, if I've had the question, this was back in 2008. And so it was early days, YouTube and, you know, online, it was early days, internet, honestly. And so if there was a, um, you know, question that I had, whether or not it's like what to do with your butt hair or, you know, manscaping or how to dress, you know, it was, it was in the time, it was right around the time that queer eye for the straight guy came out. And I thought maybe there's an opportunity for, you know, guys to get advice from a straight guy um, and so it was, uh, it was kind of a natural progression and the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. I love, I love exactly what you said there, by the way, can we turn him up a little bit? I, I would love to hear everything Aaron's saying. That's actually like perfect segue to my first question that I had for you, because you talked about, you know, image consulting and the queer eye for the straight guy. And these five gay guys are basically cleaning up men and, you know, teaching men how to look better, dress better, act better, be more confident the irony coming from five gay guys respect all good have gay friends i'm not saying like that but you being a straight man who you said you're married yeah mm-hmm. okay you have kids yep. 
No kids. Working on it. All right. But cats. like you said, no, all cats. right. <laughs> Lots of cats. I'm sorry. My wife has cats. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I would ruin my street cred. Okay. But like you being a, a, a alpha masculine men teaching men how to look better, dress better, how to have be better in the bedroom, how to work out, make more money, like all that stuff. I think ironically that is more needed now more today than ever, even more than in 2008, which is ironic. So the, the question that I had for you was this, you know, I've always been someone who like at least tries to look good and feel good and sound good and smell good. That's just, you know, I don't like sloppy people. I don't like gross people. I, you know, if I'm, I'll say to a buddy, dude, like clean it up a little bit. Like <laughs> I might go to somebody I don't even know and be like, yo, you're looking kind of gross today. Like I'm that dude. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, a lot of times I remember hearing this term like metrosexual. Oh, Adam, you're mm -hmm. metrosexual. I was like, I don't even know what that means. Does that mean I dress well? Whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'll never forget. There's um, there, there's this girl, Yomi Park. Right. I don't know if you know if you know who that is. The most famous uh, North Korean dissident. She escaped North Korea. Amazing girl. She's mm. been on, she's been on the podcast with us a few times. She'll be back. And uh, she says to me, like after hanging out a few times, she goes, uh, you're so good looking, but uh, uh, but you're gay, right? I was like, what? And she said this in front of a bunch of people, like my yeah. friends, like the homies. And I was like, oh, huh, what? She's like, you're gay. I was like, um, what? She's like, I think you're gay. You dress so nice. You're so, you smell good. You're gay. And, uh, you know, shout out to my North Koreans out there. Don't cancel me, Kim Jong-un. <laughs> and uh, I was like, not only am I not gay, I'm going to take you in the back right now, you know me? I'm going to show you how not gay I am. All right? <laughs> Boom. So obviously, I was like, no, I'm not gay. But her conception or misconception was like, oh, you dress well. You're eloquent. You do your hair. You care about how you smell. You must be gay. I'm like, no, you couldn't be further from the truth. So my question to you is this. Like, where do you, like, how do you thread the needle, so to speak, between being an alpha man, you know, looking your best, feeling your best, looking good, smelling good, everything, but also not being feminine and not being that metrosexual guy that girls are like, oh, he must be gay. Mm -hmm. How do you balance that? And how can men balance yeah. that? Mm -hmm. Don't make out with dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Step one, don't actually be gay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't make out with dudes and you're not gay. Um, no, I think that's a, it's a great question. And when, when I started talking about this kind of stuff, it was when that term metrosexual was, was just kind of becoming a thing. And now it's, it's just so absurd. Everybody realizes, you know, it's crazy competitive. You better look good. You better smell good. You better have good social skills. You've got to take care of yourself because there's so many people that understand this and your competition has never been more fierce for relationships, for sex, for money, for, for everything. And so I think it's become just a lot more acceptable and socially acceptable in terms of what not to do. I think there is a fine line between over grooming, over, you know, wearing clothing that's, you know, way too tight. Um, you know, you don't want to come across as feminine. And I think that that's, you know, not that there's anything wrong with feminine dudes, but I think there's, there's a, there, there is a fine line between being well-groomed, taking care of yourself and being perceived as overly feminine. Um, but I really think that a lot of the people that are saying, hey, it's feminine or it's gay to look good is, I mean, these people are probably not, not getting the girl, not, not making the, uh, the social um, situations 
you know, they're they're not the guy that you really need to be. They're not the guy that you need to be worried about, honestly, because they're probably just fucking disasters. Can we curse here or no? As much as you want, brother. Okay. I love what okay, you said okay. there. I figured. And I love what you said specifically about it's super competitive out there. Uh, and, and let's go deeper on this. This competitive men are yep. competitive, right? By nature. Yeah. Right. Women are more like. Women are also competitive when they use competitive. It's a little more catty, right, mm-hmm. Natalia? Yeah. yeah. Rare. Rare. Um, but it's it's it, for some guys, it's easier than ever to get laid and meet women. Mm-hmm. But that's for some guys, the top twenty percent. For most guys, it's a lot harder, right? It's almost like the uh, what they, they they came up with the term during COVID, the K-shaped economy, mm-hmm. which is the top part of the K. The rich got richer and the poor got poorer. So because um, whether it's wealth, right, whether it's um, your physique, looks, whether it's your game, what sets you apart these days, it's so much harder to do that. So uh, the, the, the common knock these days against men is they're not masculine enough. Or there's this term sort of man, well, mansplaining, but also man shaming, like toxic masculinity. Oh, he's a toxic masculine guy everything's associated with andrew tate example but this kind of is a, a follow-up to my initial question like how do you balance being a man being an alpha being masculine but not being labeled oh he's one of those toxic men you need to stay away from yeah. how how do you do that and then how do men as a whole balance that as well you know, it, and that's that's the thing. The, the whole term toxic masculinity is such bullshit, honestly. And unfortunately, it hurts the guys that are not in that scenario. And they're not the to- they're not the problem, but it hurts them because, A, they feel, you know, insecure. They also are so concerned and worried and consumed about possibly, um, you know, being labeled that that they regress and they don't actually go after what they want or what they need or, or ask for help when they need it. And so I think it, once again, it it just comes down to having a secure sense of self. And I think that a lot of the guys that do fall into that trap are, or, or that label, um, they're, they're dealing with something, whether or not it's insecurity, whether or not it's, they're trying to cover up, they're trying to, you know, prove to the outside world that they're valuable, that they're successful, you know, a true man and an alpha male, in my opinion, is somebody who's secure in themselves who lifts other people up, that does the best job they can. They're not oppressing anybody. They're not putting anybody down. They're just trying to get what they want, whether or not it's, it's, it's sex, whether or not it's you know, relationships or finances or, or they want a nice car, like whatever it is, they're willing to put themselves out there and go after it. Um, but, it but it is. It's getting more challenging in today's world. The other, the other problem is that we, we look at that 1%. You know, a lot of guys, in terms of their self-esteem, are, are taking a hit or, or a knock because they're looking at social media, they're looking at you know the internet or YouTube, and they're seeing that 1%, those, those exceptional people doing exceptional things. And because they don't have or they haven't achieved what they see other people, it makes them feel insecure and bad about themselves like they are not achieving or they're not the, 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 the man that they, they're destined to be or should be. And so I think you know it's a really tricky time right now to be a dude, honestly. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's a very tricky time to be a dude. I, I keep the, the, this look and you're talking you strike me as a type of person that loves women has female friends. I'm that dude that 
loves my mom, loves my grandma, has girlfriends, goes out with girls, hangs out with, can have girlfriends, respects women, but at the same time, like, I'm a homie. I'm, I played college football. Um, I was, in, you know, hanging with the boys, part of, like, you can do both. So one of the things that I always say, like, there's the famous quote, uh, as far as, like, this, this attack on masculinity and being a dude and being an alpha these days, I would much rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener, I'm sorry, than a gardener at war, right? You've heard this term before? So, yep. and Jordan Peterson talks about it, like the, the type of man you need to be is a fucking crazy psychopath ready to die for the cause that he's, that he's working in and working within, but also channeling that and not being that psychopath, but only utilizing it when needed. Like getting in touch with your emotions and being emotional. A lot of men these days, you know, they're raised by single mothers, let's say. They, 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 those are the types of men that lash out. So uh, the, the, this attack on masculinity seems to be a thing. And more and more I do this show and the more and more I talk to men who feel attacked, it, uh, 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 the Craig Ferguson. Yeah, but, the, but here's my question. Yeah. Who's attacking him? Like, like, like explain these men that are, that, are, that are, you know, the whole manosphere is a weird place. These I, aren't that's literally where the I was going. Men that I, they, this is not, those are not the type of men that I would consider alphas. Honestly, it's uh, not that there's anything wrong with the manosphere, but there is something wrong, I feel like, with the manosphere. And I do, personally, I do not consider myself to be a part of that. The, the ironic thing is that the name of my YouTube channel is, is you know, Alpha Male. It, it, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, right? It was never intended to be, you know, this was also when I started the channel, Alpha wasn't a bad word. Now, you know, you call yourself alpha. It's, it's not necessarily the greatest thing in the world. Right? right. And so, you know, the manosphere is a symptom of a problem, a problem of men feeling insecure, a problem with yeah. men feeling like they have been left behind. A pro- I mean, there are a lot of problems. And, and I see the manosphere as just a symptom of, of a greater problem. And, and a lot of it does revolve around men not feeling good about themselves, having low self-esteem you know, not doing hard shit and figuring stuff out and having successes and, and failures, honestly. And so when, when you say um, part of a bigger problem, go deeper, if you will. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. prompted this problem? Was it was it modern feminism and these modern day women? Basically, was it the Me Too movement? Was it men uh, not, you know, not being the man that they wanted to be? And like this black pill community think, talk about no, what do you think, think is the root think, of this problem? I think part of it is not having good role models. Mm. And I think that the, we, we, we neg- neglect to realize, you know, just the importance of having an, a, 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 a good real male role model. You know, you mentioned earlier about a lot of, you know, men being raised by single women. Well, that's one thing. But really having and looking towards, you know, men that are successful, that are competent, that are confident, that aren't oppressive, that aren't you know, being a dickhead, they're just good men. I think that's one of the biggest problems is that we, um, we, we've also gotten really selfish. I believe that's another possible problem and, and uh, reason why I think, you know, we, we, we've gotten very selfish. The, the, the society's gotten selfish. We haven't, I don't know, everything's kind of become about, about stuff, about materialism. And um, I think that's another problem possible problem as well i don't know if that answers the question <laughs> no, <laughs> i don't even I, know i i, I appreciate that- it. what there's definitely a lack of role models and a lack of leadership especially in america today i think we're looking up to the wrong people i think part of social media 
the problem with social media is even the people that you're looking up to, they're kind of freaking faking it. Mm -hmm. So all, there's this need for authenticity these days. Hey, man, I don't know. I kind of like that guy. You know, he kind of fucks up. He says the wrong things. But man, that's that dude. Like, so for instance, I, I have this conversation with, with my mentor, CEO, friend, partner, business partner, Patrick Bed David, and, and, and it's all revolving around who's in your ear. Who's in your ear saying this? Like, I have him. It's almost like the, you know, like every guy every, has like the angel and the devil. On, I, I'm lucky enough to have him in my ear. Mm -hmm. And then I have my best friend who's a stud of a guy. He's like, bro, don't settle down. Don't get a girlfriend. Let's be those single <laughs> players for life. Where Patrick, it's like, find yourself a good girl. Have a legacy. Right? Who's in your ear? And this is my best friend mm -hmm. that wants to party like a rock star forever. So we're 100 years old. And a man who's like, no, be a family man. Have, some, have, have that in your life. So it's so important who's in your ear. You know, they say your network is your net worth, who, you, who you're surrounding yourself with. So two questions. Number one. How did you turn out so well, Aaron? Who was in your ear? Who was your mentors? Who were the leaders that you, who, what posters were on your wall, literally? And who was kind of the encouraging voice in, in, in your life? But then part B, what kind of people did you have to get out of your life and say, yep. yeah, buddy, you were my college buddy. You were my college roommate. We used to party yeah. together. We used to do this. But I got to upgrade my lifestyle. So who was in your ear? And, I, and who did you have to I cut that, out of your ear? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. You know, the one thing, I will just lead with is it's okay to outgrow people. I think one of the unfortunate things is that that whole like ride or die, my you know bros before hoes, <laughs> that mentality holds a uh, holds a lot of people back yes. from truly you know being like you know what you're awesome, you're a cool dude. It doesn't mean that you're a bad dude, but I just can't hang out with you because mm -hmm. you're not going in the place that I want to, and you're dragging me down. For me, it's easy. It's my grandfather Frank Cassoni, you know one of my biggest heroes. Number two is uh, my wrestling coach back in high school. He came into my life when I needed it the most in terms of just a really positive male role model. And then my father. And so the three men that really inspire me and, and uh, took, took care of me in terms of my emotional, um, you know, just, just helped me basically be a, a, a decent person. And, and then YouTube is actually an interesting an interesting answer, but YouTube made me be a better person. Not that I was like a shithead before, but what happened was when I realized it was like, it was, it was almost like this, this epiphany. One day I realized, oh my God, people are actually listening to me. And I never wanted to be the yeah. person that, that would say one thing and then behind closed doors, or if they met me in person or they saw me at a bar, I was that idiot that was basically living a lie and I think that's really when people get super upset. You know, you'll have these celebrities like Tiger Woods. If he would have just come out and been like, yo, I'm rich, I'm handsome, I like getting ass. Like, yeah. everybody been like, yeah, I, I get that's that. That's my right? guy. <laughs> exactly. It's like, dude, Tiger, like, knuckle bump, right? Yeah, Perfect. Respect. Okay, but he came, it's when, it's when they don't align. And so YouTube, for me, when I realized sort of the power of it and the fact that there were these young men and older men that were looking up to me, I needed to be a better person. And so I stopped drinking as much. I stopped, um, you know, I stopped, I stopped using profanity as much as I had been. And um, it really just opened my eyes to the, the power and the importance of, of walk the walk. Because, you know, every day I get up and say the same thing. Don't fuck it up today. Yeah. And that goes for my business. That goes for my relationship. That goes for pretty much every aspect of my life. Because I know how bad it can be. And um, and so I'm just very fortunate that uh, that I that I'm as happy, healthy and 
And, um, you know, I'm doing as well as I am because I, I am a firm believer that one or two bad decisions, you're broke or in jail. So, yeah, especially, you know, they say the first uh, 20 years of your life, like life comes in phases. First 20 of your 20 years of your life. Just don't fuck it up. Don't make any stupid mistakes. Right. That's zero for the, through 20. Then 20 through 40. Make your money. Right. Like get like save that money. Invest. Be smart with your money. Have a budget. Everything with that. The third phase, which you're kind of in right now, which I'm in right now, where I made my money, I didn't fuck it up, is to, get, is to fulfill a purpose, pursue your passions, right? Like everything you're doing, like you can't fake 6.6 million subscribers and 15 years of content if you're not authentically being you and trying to help men. And then the fourth phase is giving back, and that's why you see so many older people into politics but i want to i want to revisit one thing you said aaron you said it's okay to outgrow people brother that is such a true story so um you know i i was that dude that in high school i was an athlete and i hung out with all the dudes that were playing sports okay but none of those guys made it to the nba and they're still on the playground like dude i'm trying to buy it's like brother you're 34 years old you're not going anywhere <laughs> All right, time for me to upgrade. And then I started hanging out with the college guys. It was about drinking beer. They're all doing steroids and getting chicks and, and all that. It's like, all right, cool. What are you guys doing? And then I got into, you know, then all my friends started getting married and becoming family men, late 20s, early 30s. And that wasn't for me. And I constantly had to kind of outgrow or just kind of take a different path than other friends. And respect to them. Do what you want to do with your life. So my question to you, Aaron, is like, how do you actively, like, you don't have to have a conversation with these friends. You don't have to, like, say, hey, it's been great knowing you, Bill, but, like, i got to do better than you. But at the same time, you are going to kind of get that backlash, like, bro, why don't you hang out anymore? What happened? You're too good for me now? Oh, you think you're too cool, Mr. Hotshot? Oh, Alpha yes. M, you've got 6 million <laughs> subscribers. You don't, can't call anybody. Like, how can a, a man level up and, and, and outgrow friends without losing the friendships and pissing people off, but at the same time recognize, hey, bro, I'm doing my thing. What's your advice for the men out there? You know, in terms of, you know, it, it all, I guess, really depends on what you consider to be, you know, maintaining that friendship. It's okay to, to, to have, you know, people that you're acquaintances with or touch base every once in a while, but in terms of who you choose to invest your time in, I think that's really, for me, it was a big eye-opening sort of epiphany as well is, you know, we talk about, you know, time being your most valuable asset, right? And every day we choose how we invest it, you know, and what you do and who you do and how you spend that. And so for me, what I would recommend is if there are people, first, it's about identifying them, right? So whether or not it's a friend, whether or not it's a family member, because unfortunately, you know, there are people in your life sometimes that are harder to remove than others. And so sometimes it's your mother, sometimes it's your father, you know, your siblings, how do you handle it? Hard it really to get rid is of them. First, I, well, yeah, right. And, and can you get rid of them? Or is it about redefining what your relationship is to you with them? And then from there, it's about limiting your exposure or their ability to drag you down or bring you negative energy or, or just suck the life or energy from you. And so it really is about setting up boundaries and where you choose, like I said, who you choose and how you choose to allow them to be in your life is really got to be determined by you, um, you know, because 
once again, it's about it's about who and how you surround yourself with and just not apologizing for it. There's nothing wrong with with wanting more or striving or seeing an opportunity, you know, and and I, I I've said this before. You know, there are a lot of people that I'm associated with or that I can go to a party and hang out with and just have a conversation with. Right. But a lot of these dudes, they're not entrepreneurs. They're not business owners. I have very little in common with them, but I can still go and just casually have a conversation it really, my life really truly changed when I got around better people that were really, uh, that were entrepreneurs. And so they talk about, you know, find your tribe, right? Where are the people that you want to surround yourself with? Where are they hanging out? What are they doing? For me, it was a gentleman named Antonio Centeno. He's a fellow YouTuber. He's real men, real style. Up until the point of me yeah, meeting no. him, and he's in a very similar space as I am. I was of the mindset of, 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 of scarcity, right? Where it's like, Hey, I don't want to share anything. I don't want to, I don't want to expose myself to you because you're probably trying to steal something and it's either I'm winning or you're winning. And if you're winning, that means I'm losing. Right. And it wasn't until he basically reached across the proverbial YouTube aisle and was like, Hey, let's get together. Let's get some of these other people and let's just talk and, and commiserate. And, and we started this conference called the men influential conference, which is actually not going on anymore. But it was at this point where everything in my life started to scale and it had to be me getting out of my comfort zone. And that's something else I want to just encourage people that are listening or watching this is if you're going to stay stuck, if you're going to stay stagnant, if you're going to stay in that comfort zone, hanging out with the same people, having the same conversations, doing the same thing, you are never, ever going to progress. And don't beat yourself up in 10 years when you look back and you're like, what the fuck? You're, you're in the same place as you were. You've got to be willing to push yourself and be uncomfortable. And that is where true growth happens. It's about risking it and being willing and in a position to actually potentially fail, whether or not it's going after a girl, a job, money, whatever. If you're not striving, if you're not potentially going to really fuck things up, you're not, you're not where you need to be. And um, I actually have a question for you with that answer. Um, how do you determine when is the, like, breaking point to cut someone off? Like, you gave an example, like, a father, a mother, and usually those relationships are really hard yeah. to cut off for people, especially because you have the idea that these people have the best interest for you. So when does, like, someone, uh, like, get to that breaking point of, hey, yeah. this is enough, I need to move forward, where do they start? Like, how does someone determine yeah. that point? You know, I think really it, it becomes about it, it's about a balance. Right. And something else that I've said is like I've done therapy before. I come from a broken home. I was talking to, you know, a therapist because, um, you know, welfare or government assistance offered that, you know, from the age of literally like three years old. Wow. And so so one of the things that that is important to understand is that sometimes we're collateral damage and other people's shit. It's not that they intended to fuck us up. It's not that they intended to make our lives, you know, hell. But the first thing you need to identify is, is, or I should say decide is that you want, you are going to be happy. You know, you are going to choose to do what you need to do, whether or not it is forgiving people and forgiving people. That's one of the, the sort of the tough things, right? People say, Oh, you know, I can't forgive them. They did all this horrible stuff to me and, and I'll never get over it. Well, then you're never going to truly, you know, get past it and you're never truly going to be successful. You really need to understand that it doesn't mean you're going to forget. It doesn't mean you've got to honestly forgive them for what they did, but you're forgiving people for being imperfect. And that includes yourself. You've got to forgive yourself from for not being perfect and for fucking things up and not basically living in the past and living with those mistakes. You've got to free yourself from that, whether or not it means having hard conversations, right? 
whether or not it means having hard conversations with yourself or seeking help and advice or possibly a third-party perspective. And that's one of the great things about, about therapy. You know, unfortunately, talking to your mom about your mom or your dad about, you know, or your girlfriend about your mom, it, 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 it doesn't work. And so I'm a big advocate of therapy. If there's something that you're having a difficult time dealing with, you know, go talk to somebody that doesn't have to sit next to you at Christmas dinner. They can look at you and call you on your bullshit. Yeah. Um, the other thing is you need good friends that are willing to tell you when you're wrong and, and tell you. I, I was on Shark Tank, right? I was on Shark Tank twice. Oh. And I'm a huge I, I'm a huge fan of the show. Right. And I, I often say I'll sit there and I'll watch. I'm like, you need better friends mm. because there's no way that any like the problem is we tell people. You know, and we surround ourselves oftentimes with people that, that tell us what we want to hear because it's not fun to hear criticism. Of course not, right? Right. And so if some of these entrepreneurs, 50% of them that are on Shark Tank had better friends, they wouldn't have wasted three, four, five years and a million dollars going down this rabbit hole of an idea that fucking sucks, mm. right? And so you need to surround yourself. But in terms of back to your question, Natalia, how do you identify it? It really comes down to are you get, do you feel like this person is giving or taking more? Like mm. what, which is it? You know, oftentimes if there's an imbalance, you're going to know it and identifying is this person taking and, 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 and is it taking more of your energy than it is actually, you know, giving back to you. And I'm not saying that all relationships need to be balanced. They're not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in, in situations like your friends or your family or these people that that you do need to get away from, you need to just be honest with yourself. Are you getting more than you're giving or vice versa. Mm -hmm. wow, and by the way, that. what uh, I love that. What happened on Shark Tank? Uh, the first time they hated it. Oh. It was season four. What, what, I, I, what I was your What was your pitch? What were you selling? What was your business? <laughs> the Alpha M Style System, baby. Okay. It was a It was It was a DVD series. It, this I'm not think about that a DVD series. Wow. All right. It was a, well. This was, and it wasn't that long ago, right? <laughs> I, so I literally. It was uh, It was me. I came out with these like discs, and I came up with this like fashion formula. And I basically had pictures and um, and I would teach people how to dress. It was almost like Garanimals for adults. And it was awesome yeah. because this was back still when I was trying to really go deep down the, the image consultant rabbit hole. And so they kicked, you know, they, they, they didn't like it. But I was like, yo, it doesn't even matter. I was trying to sell an info product. The DVD series was like three hundred dollars. I'm like, it doesn't matter because I'm going to be on Shark Tank. Right. And so I'm all excited. I got all this inventory. I'm having a party the night that it airs, and I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, all right, come on. Here, here come the sales. That night that Shark Tank aired, 9 million people. Guess how many style systems I sold? How many? One. Wow. And so you want to talk about brutal, And that guy right? right now is the most stylish man in America. <laughs> yeah, that guy was no, a visionary. But here's an interest, interesting side note. That conference that I mentioned that I started called the Men Influential Conference uh, one year, a guy came up to me and goes, hey, you know how you said that you sold one style system on Shark Tank? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I bought it. I'm no. like, dude, awesome. <laughs> nice. And so, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the second time I did better, this was season uh, seven, maybe, that I was on. It was the season finale. And um, I had a, a grooming company called Pete and Pedro. Uh -huh. And so I went on again. And um, that time they they invested, Barbara invested. But, uh, but I... She wanted to invest in the the Alpha M, um, you know, quote unquote empire, and not necessarily the Pete and Pedro men's grooming company. And so, you know, I took the deal on the show just because I knew that it needed to be a good story because I probably wasn't getting on a third time. And so, uh, so on 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 air, I took the deal and then uh, quickly said thanks, but 
no thanks after I got home. Oh, that's how it works. You could accept the deal on camera, but afterwards be like, yeah, I'm out. 90% of the deals you see that actually happen on the show don't actually wow. um, get get done after due diligence and everybody gets By home. the way, that's a power move. I've ever seen one is you right. go through the whole Shark Tank escapade. You do this, you do that. Barbara Corcoran makes you a deal, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, Draymond and uh, and um, was it, was it Damon John, mm-hmm. Mark Cuban, Mark Herjavec, Kevin right? O'Leary, oh, yeah. Kevin O'Leary, oh, yeah. Mr. Wonderful. They're all, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm good, I'm off of yeah. this. You get a deal with Barbara Corcoran, you go back home and you call Barbara and you go, you know what? I'm out. See you <laughs> later. I'm out. Like that's a power move right there if I've ever seen one. Respect to you. We got about a half hour left with you. I'm loving this so far. Hope you guys are at home taking notes. We'll do super chats at the end if we can. Uh Um, I want to pick up on something that you said before about the manosphere. And I'm sure you've heard about like the red pill space. I do a lot of content with these guys. There's some guys who I think are awesome and have major respect for these guys. Some other guys are a little charlatan like, you know, that's just like in any business. But, I mean, I guess, you know, in my opinion, the number one guy in the Manosphere red pill space, if you want to do it, at one point was Kevin Samuels, who I'm sure you're mm-hmm. familiar with. And then he I passed away. You knew yep. Kevin. I can see that. Yep. And then, yeah. uh, you know, Andrew Tate has sort of been the face of the Manosphere. Speaking of toxic masculinity, uh, my business partner, Patrick, and I, Flew to Madrid. We have we did one of the biggest interviews with Andrew Tate mm-hmm. right after he was canceled. I think it just crossed 11 million views. Yep. It's, it was massive. I have a very strong opinion on him. I think you know, the majority of what he says is, is actually good. very good for men. Very yep. good for men. I 100%. think where, where he kind of loses a lot of uh, followers or even people who are w- willing to even entertain what he's saying is when he gets into like, you know, the system and the matrix and even and especially uh, the chauvinistic stuff, the misogynistic stuff, the women can't do X, Y, and Z stuff. But everything is kind of nuanced. There's a balance. It's not black and white. Hey, I agree with you here 100%, brother, but not on this stuff right here. So I'm yeah. kind of asking a, a macro perspective about the red pill and the manosphere space, but then specifically about Tate. So I guess let's start with that. What are your thoughts on Tate, good, bad, and ugly, and then the red pill space in general, manosphere space, good, bad, and ugly, what you've seen? Yeah, no, I actually, it's funny because a a few months ago, before he got canceled, when he was starting to become popular, um, everybody was asking me, they're like, what do you think of Andrew Tate, this guy on, on, at first it was, I believe it was TikTok, and, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, wait a second, and so... You know, the, the sound bites that everybody likes to, to give of him are always the most salacious, most you know, ridiculous things. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, how could anybody ever say that? But when you really let him like when you when you when you go a little bit deeper and that's what happened, I was like, I'm going to do a video about this. Yeah. And so I was ready to go on and be like, oh, he's just an ass. Right. But then when you start actually listening, he's a very, very, very in- intelligent dude. And a lot of his ideas are, are very, very well thought out. I actually agree. You can't help but agree with a lot of the things that he says. And he right. does really preach about, you know, really empowerment of, you know, yourself and, and, you know, being a great dude. And so there are so many things that are just amazing with what he says. But there's that other piece of it that, that you know, it's, it, if, you, if you take it seriously – I think it's I think that's where a lot of people they take it so literally. Mm. I think a lot of the things that he says are, is is just 
A, to be salacious and to say things, but then there's always a nuance. There's a little bit of truth in, in a lot of the things that he says. And, and I think he's net positive as opposed to net negative, which I think a lot of people feel. Yeah, what, what, what if you can pinpoint some of the things, we can highlight obviously some of the negative stuff. We won't go there, we'll be positive. We'll be net positive, as you said. You know, there's self-development, there's building yourself, it's working through things, going through trauma as a man, being a man, being a protector, being a provider. There's so many things, there's nuanced things that, that he discusses that I think any guy can, be, can recognize and be like, fuck, I want to get better, faster, stronger, cooler, smarter, tougher, all that. Is there one thing that sticks out to you that was like, yes, Tate, I agree with that right there. Is there one particular thing or is it more of a uh, holistic approach to being a man that you identify with? No, I think it's more of a holistic approach to, to being a man that, that definitely I identify with. Um, and just being self-sufficient and self-reliant. I think that, that in and of itself is... is I think the crux of what it means to be a a a competent, you know, alpha, if you will, in today's yeah. world is being self-sufficient and, and taking care of yourself, but also, you know, uplifting other people. Yeah. Being resourceful, being reliable, being yeah. resilient, a lot of R's in there. Mm-hmm. What, what is it about the manosphere and some some of the players in the red pill space that you may take issue with? What is what, what do you feel about that? In terms of the manosphere, I, I think there's, 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 it seems like somebody really hurt them, you know, in terms of there's, there's this, you know, like, I, like, what's the matter? Like, come here, come on. Like, <laughs> Give me a hug. Let's Give me a hug. Yeah. Let, let's talk. Come here. Come on. Yeah. And um, I feel like there's just so much anger in a lot of it. And I feel like there's something that needs to be dealt with, honestly, yeah. you know, and, um, it, it, women aren't bad. Women aren't the problem. <laughs> Men aren't the problem. Mm. And so, um, you know, I think that's really what I take issue with. It's this, 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 this polarization of the sexes, polarization of it's either good or it's bad or it's either black or it's white, it's, it's toxic or it's not. That's where the problem is. Everything yeah. is gray, honestly. Mm-hmm. You take the extremes of any situation, whether or not it's a diet, it's a workout, it's a, 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 a political view or religious view, Anybody who's extreme one way or the other is probably fucking crazy, mm. right? The truth oftentimes lies lies in the middle. There is a gray area, and that's where the truth, honestly, in my opinion, lies. And so that's the problem that I have with the, the manosphere is that somebody, it feels like hurt them, and they haven't dealt with something, or they've never truly been loved, or they need a fucking hug, or... Um, you know, they need to be, they need to be successful and feel good about themselves. And the self-esteem isn't where it needs to be. Now, why? I'm not sure that's not for me to decide or, or hypothesize on, but, but yeah, I think that, you know, when you are truly confident in who you are as a person and as a man, there's no need for it. And, um, and you, you don't, um, look to, um, put people down or you don't look to raise your own status based on, tearing somebody else down, whether or not it's a man, it's a woman or whomever. Yeah. I I think you, you, I know you were kind of being tongue in cheek of like who hurt you, but, but the reality is obviously something must have happened. Mm -hmm. Example. So you're familiar with the, uh, the MGTOW community. Mm -hmm. You've heard of this. So which stands for men going, men going going on their own way. And I heard that like and the the literal words i was like well what do you mean they're going on their own way Mm -hmm. and like they've sworn off women or sworn off relationships with women 
I said, okay, interesting. Table that for a second. I'll revisit that because that's something I'm not in that category. Mm-hmm. And then I started going down the 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 uh, going down the black hole of like what feminism is and being a modern feminist. And and there's actually some alignment there because if you and if you want to use like the polarization or the different ends of the echo chambers, right? Uh, if you go left, let's just use that. Feminist, I don't need no man. I don't need no man. I'll do it all myself. I, don't, I would never know. It's like, all right, let me know where, where that ends up for you, young lady. And on the MGTOW side of a thing, it's like, I don't need any women. No way. I'm swearing off women. And I went deeper and I realized a lot of them were hurt by women. A lot of these guys were married to a woman. They got divorced. You know, we talk about divorce courts in this country and about the women get the kids 90% of the time, alimony, you know, everything that goes out with that, child support payments, all that. And they literally were hurt by women. Mm. So it's like they'll say never again. And I don't think that is a, an appropriate response for reality, meaning let's say I broke up with a girl and she broke my heart. Even if she took all my money, what am I never going to go out with a girl again, ever again? I feel like it's a, it's a microcosm, a bigger thing. It's like, holy shit, I got fucked by this girl my wife whatever i can't see my kids but that doesn't mean all women are bad it's like you also played a role in that you probably should have got a prenup so like i know we kind of started this conversation with like who hurt you but the reality is so to get to that point whether you're a feminist or a MGTOW, you know masculinist someone hurt you and basically you're saying never again and it's a response or reaction to being hurt. I think that's kind of what you're saying. Like, do you need a hug? It's like, oh, they need more than a hug. There's a lot of trauma that they've dealt with. And the answer is, that's it, never again. It's be like, if you gained a lot of weight and it's like, I will never have a carb again in my life. It's like, dude, have a fucking slice of cake. You're good. 